Yes now, and welcome back to another episode of the Top of the Podcast. This is episode 85, and yet again, this episode is powered by Fur Down Displays, your number one spot for supplies, custom stands, and card care. Head over to their website, link in our bio and in the description, where you can use 10% off code, which is TTP10. That is Tango Tango Papa 10 in numbers. And if you do, please try and buy a slab match before the one and only... Harry gets his hands all over him because he has back from his international duty. So, hey, how you doing, my friend? Yeah, very well, thank you, mate. Very well. Um, like the use of the phonetic alphabet in there. It's very uh, different. Um, but yeah, very well, mate. Very well. So, trying to get all of them slab mags as quick as I can with a discount code. Um, but yeah, all is well, mate. How are you? Very well. Obviously, we was a man down last week. You swanned off to Europe to enjoy some lovely refreshments in the Puskas Bar or wherever you ended up. But like we say. El Toro stepped in for I mean he probably bought about 30 cards since then, but it's all good. He's got his he got his weekly wage for the episode, which was absolutely <laughs> nothing. But we are joined by a very special guest this week, a man who does actually message me every week when listening to the podcast. He's finally got the call up and he's brought out his whole wardrobe in the background as well. <laughs> it's the one and only Lav Breaks. Obviously, George, how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad yourself. Yeah, we're doing very well. So, got to ask, uh, you're going to listen to this one as well this week, yeah? Or are you going to just, like, mute yourself and just listen to the wonderful tone? No. I think every time I speak, just turn the volume down and then back up again. Perfect. Well, like I was saying, we might as well go straight into, obviously, before we talk about some of the lovely pressing hobby news, which is blistering around everywhere, which is absolutely hardly anything. But we've got some good talking points later on. But I think it's got to start one place, one place only is, how did you actually get into the hobby? Uh, because I think it's quite an interesting one we ask everyone because everyone's got a similar but different reasoning behind it. Mine was very, very heavy on like World Cup sticker albums, World Cup, uh, Euro sticker albums. Always loved doing all those. I think Euro 2012 was the first one I completed. And I was just like, that's it, I'll do everyone after. Uh, and then my uh, parents and my nan, they always buy me sticker packs. I'm like, no, I don't have that one. Oh, yeah, need that one. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I think it's pretty much. Very slim for everyone. Yeah, I think yeah. I think part of the time I'm always like, I wish I stick to just the stickers because it is a lot cheaper, <laughs> but not as fun. So obviously, when you was making the transition, obviously over from the lovely, uh, like you say, Euro and World Cup sticker books, you can't beat them. Like they're just legendary. You know all the covers off by heart. But what made you then? Obviously, when you first see the card world, you think it's a lot smaller than what it is, and then you start yeah. delving into it, and then you realize how big it is. So. Obviously, I think it's going to be quite obvious to a lot of people, especially if you've seen your PC and your lovely new daily uploads that you do. Um, but obviously, for PC wise, obviously you're wearing a a certain blue kit, which we're not we're refraining from making any comments, obviously due to the big game this Saturday at half five. But was it Chelsea first that you see in it? Because for me, I started with basketball and then got into obviously our football. But was it straight into? Was you two foot in the Chelsea cards as you got into it? First break I entered was with Trey Lee. And it was a Bundesliga match tax chrome. And it was random packs, like £7 a pack or something, if you bought two, 15 mm. or whatever they used to be. Um, and yeah, from there, it's sort of like a spiral. And I was the same, went straight into basketball. Uh, Phoenix Suns is my big player thing. And uh, Atalanta Falcons, because I like Trey Young. So I was entering breaks with people like a Great British Breakoff. Yeah. People like Crypt, uh, when they used to do like basketball heavy back in the day. And then uh, I was always a football fan, so eventually found football, and that was it. Just landslide. <laughs> it is it's very dangerous once you get into it. I think we've all realised that, especially it's when when you like a team, like you say there for you, like certain players as well, you're like, oh, it's cool, I collect what here in it. But then when you realise that the sport that everyone is absolutely in love with anyway, you see the cards, it's very dangerous. I know, H, obviously, I'm going to come to you. Obviously, you're going to take a few questions in a minute for that, but I think just touching on that, I think we're the same that you don't, you never realize with this hobby how much depth there is to it until you get into it. Yeah, I mean, this similar similar to Lab. I mean, I started in lockdown doing the Premier League sticker album. Um, and it wasn't until like, I started these Facebook pages where it was like, oh, you do your swaps and whatever further stickers you need and already have swaps of. And this guy was like, oh, you collect the football cards as well. And I was like, we want about football cards. And he sent me over this Fear Walcott auto from. Some, I couldn't even tell you what year it was um, in an England shirt. And then 
from then on, it was then, as, as George said, like a landslide down from there. Um, I started finding out more and more information about it and finding out different cars that were about and everything else. And then from there, just the whole door opened wide and you suddenly start to find out so much more information about things and see what else is out there. So, um, yeah, I don't think you really appreciate how big the, the hobby market actually is or how, how wide the scope is until you properly, until you're properly in and you actually realize how big the market actually is. Oh, hundred percent. I'll let you take a few questions now children, as we delve into his breaking past as well, obviously, and PC, but we'll talk a bit about his inventory into breaking and everything around that. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, started your, started your collection and then obviously you turned to, turned to breaking. And obviously you entered a couple of breaks in the start of your hobby career as such. Then what made what made you think about the turn and into, into breaking yourself? Uh, it was just, I think I, uh, I went up pulled the one of one drug of trade with me. They invited me out to go and pick it up and had a break night with them. And it's just like ripping the packs on the stream for people and like hitting things. Oh, it's just like, it's quite surreal, like the first time doing it because you see it pulling massive things to people. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. So I've done it for a bit, not really like properly, sort of like as a casual thing. Made a little bit of money out of it, but wasn't really too bothered about that. It's more about like the ripping of it and just getting sort of it turning and then on vlogs, whatnot. Uh, after Instagram died off a little bit. And uh, yeah, it was quite a, I enjoyed it, but it's a lot of stress. Like you don't see what goes on behind the scenes. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you think Vogt and Whatnot changed the breaking scene? Obviously, I know me and Ronnie have touched on it previously in different episodes about whether it had positive, negative impacts or what the pros and cons were of each platform. But how do you think those two platforms been introduced within the UK helped or changed the breaking scene from your own sort of input? Made it easier for a breaker. It made it easier for a buyer. It was just like, if you could go onto an app in someone's life, you just start bidding and it's just addictive. Especially if Vogt, Vogt was sort of came in as a brand new thing. Whatnot was heard over here, but no one really was on it unless you had like an American um, address. So when Vogt came over, it was a bit of a no-brainer. I had a go of it. Done all right. It's, yeah, there's a certain aspect of it that was a bit like uh, like an uncut diamond sort of thing. It was good, but when Whatnot came in, I went over on that. It's just so much better, so much cleaner, easier to use. But it's just... Again, it's just there's so many people on both apps. It's so hard to make a name for yourself. I mean, you've got the big people like Tate's FC Breaks who absolutely kill it on there. But yeah, I, just, I couldn't put myself out there enough and commit to it. Along with working, you know, you got to be full on to it. And no, I just couldn't do it, to be honest. <laughs> I think that's one of those things in it where you don't see necessarily what goes on behind the scenes from from a breaker's point of view and also we had lgl lewis on um talking about his sort of breaking journey as well and you don't you really don't understand what goes on also you see a break live on stream where all the packs being ripped the cars are being pulled but it's then sleeves top loaders packaging it all up posting it all out um there's so much more work that goes into it behind the scenes um have you got sort of your best pulls as such from a breaker personally that you've your top three that you've you've pulled. No, <laughs> I think the best thing I pulled was like a out of twenty five Cole Palmer variation rookie. I wasn't break. I was doing maybe a break a week for maybe six months. So I, I never pulled anything massive. Maybe the Vinny Junior out of ten is quite nice from Simplicidad. I love that set. That's the quality set. Mm. Um, yeah, Pedro out of twenty five or auto. Um, yeah, it wasn't. Nothing absolutely like wow. Maybe there's a dual auto from the lineage, I think. That was quite a good one. I can't remember. Calvario and Jota. That was quite cool. Uh, but and yeah, you pulled the one of one chocolate yourself as well. Oh, I wish. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, was, that was on the eve of my birthday. And I was oh. about to go out for my 20th. Or t- yeah, 20th, I think it was. Down in New York, watching the stream as I'm getting ready to go out. And he's like, oh, drop the auto. Leave it to the end. Sort of revealed it gold and then like went mental. I, I called um trade and he like he was on obviously in Southampton. We was actually breaking it. And he's on the phone. He's like, you just hear me go like what? <laughs> it's, it's so, <laughs> it's, no, honestly, like I called my dad after. He's like, what do you mean? What are you on about? <laughs> yeah, it, that was like I really like, and then I went out and got really really drunk. So drown your sorrows. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Ron? Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, now moving over to your PC, and obviously, 
it's easy enough for me because I think we share every card that we end up buying or hitting together. But for people, I know obviously Chelsea is your main thing, but tell people like what kind, because no doubt I could see that the past 18 months have been quite challenging to be a Chelsea fan, especially PC-wise, because as soon as you buy someone, buy a card of someone, they're gone three months later. So how has it been recently? Because no doubt that you've had quite a few cards that you thought, oh, right, I've had this now, I've got this long-term, and then you've ended up thinking, well, I've got to get rid of it now. Well, my main PC is like Havertz and Mount, and then uh, the summer hit, and uh, <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. Mount, Mount was always in the talk for ages, so I was always moving that on up and right up until the thing. But Havertz was quite surprised, like sort of come out of nothing. So oh, I had so many Havertz cards, I still do. I just I can't move them. No one wants it because he's just he's terrible. But, uh, it's one of those things in it where it's like Arsenal, Arsenal fans don't want him in a Chelsea shirt Chelsea fans don't want him full stop so it's like where do you move them to? The bin <laughs> The short answer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But obviously you've got I would say I was going to say you've got a few new signings but you've got quite a few new signings so obviously I, can, I think we're going to guess by a certain player I can see twice in your background that you're going to probably of started collecting him very much. So I take it one of the hundred million pound men has been quite a new and quite a good chase for you to start getting great, especially being a big part of the Argentinian team as well. Yeah, Enzo is uh, I I can marry that man. He's fantastic. And the, I have looking up at my uh, little shelf now I've got three autos, Contra just sitting there. Like, oh, I should love chasing chasing the rookies is so much more fun than chasing like the uh, older players that I was doing before. It's a personal thing, but uh, yeah, him and Mudrick. I know Mudrick's a bit, but I think he'll come good. And he's, he's showing it a bit more recently, but, you know, who knows? I was, I was going to say, with the Enzo chase, obviously you've got the Benfica jersey behind you and the Chelsea one. So mm. for you, it's always quite an interesting talking point. So we've spoke to it about other people before, like, especially when it comes to a rookie, they're never re- hardly going to be in your team's shirt unless, obviously, they come through your academy. So do you like his Benfica stuff as much as Chelsea, or do you actually prefer that? Because it's mostly, mainly his rookies what are in the Benfica stuff, especially for Tops product. Uh, yeah, I actually prefer chasing his Benfica stuff. Um, I just think it's, like, cooler having, like, a different team kit. So I've had Chelsea ones for, like, ages. I've got, like, like, like legends and stuff, like, like Hazard and Thiago Silva. Like, I've got quite a lot of, like, nice... In Chelsea gets of those, um, but like the actual Benfica kit, like I think it's a nice kit as well. And yeah, obviously it's a bit different to red, uh, blue being red. Uh, yeah, it's just quite cool chasing that instead. And I know, certain I, I'm going to say I might partly have corrupted you and quite a few other people, but you have started delving into the women's game as well with collection, especially buying into breaks as well. We've been in quite a few together, but how have you found that? Obviously, it's such a different world and different hobby in general the women's side of it such less products you're waiting on one release per year near enough so have you quite enjoyed chasing out especially obviously Chelsea being one of the better teams in European football as well that you're in all the sets and especially having your own team set you've got so many different autos have you enjoyed delving into that side of it as well I mean I'm sure I would have I've literally hit nothing like, at all um I've, I've bought into so many breaks I hit nothing like uh, nothing at all like a refractor maybe but like I, I am gonna like delve into it more. But I bought a uh, women's chrome box at the uh, Southampton car show. That was terrible as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I was a bit a bit unlucky with the women's, but I think I'm still going. I was even I even tuned into the women's game on a Saturday, I think it was. And uh, yeah, I am enjoying it a bit more. Like, it's nothing. It's not something that I would have gone to before. But no, yeah. I am. I, I think it's I... quite cool. I think that's the thing as well with the hobby grind. Obviously, we're going to talk about it briefly in a bit, um, about 15, 20 minutes in, into the episode where we talk about the new women's Don Rush checklist that's run out. But it's like we said, now that there's more highlights on it, there's more sports, not sports spots to buy into as well, especially now we're looking Chrome and then they brought out Sapphire. Now they've got Don Rush, free hobby releases within a couple of months period, which is fantastic. And prices are doing quite well as well for the women's game, even though it, it's definitely not saying that on my bank account. They're probably saying it's too expensive and too many spots to buy into, but I don't care. And hopefully I will have a few nice cars to show off next week on next week's episode because I've been very lucky in breaks, which I will be talking about in a bit when we come to our new pickups. But 
obviously now uh, moving on to the last thing, but before we talk about generic hobby and our main talking point for this episode, obviously going on your recent posts and your recent hits, there's a couple I've got to talk to you about. And one of them, fun enough, is as of recording this today, which was the Monday, you put the post up of a certain Argentinian fellow autograph card that you got. Um, obviously, for people who don't know, you hit a certain Lionel Messi's autograph card from Topps Chrome. Um, just how, I believe or not, I think it was a whatnot break as well. <laughs> how, so, just tell me about that because it was a bit of a random situation, so to speak, that you landed up with such a great PCI. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have actually sold it as of now because it's too it's too expensive to hold on to. Like, as much as I do enjoy like having it, it's, I want to put that money back into it and carry on chasing it and chasing all of it. But it was a uh, trade we not what not break. Uh, I think I come back from five side or something, and uh, I was just sort of like just lazing around whatever. Went on to what not. I was just watching the uh, price go for nothing. Put a six pound bid in. Got PSG. Open the box of gold. Oh, um, Lionel Messi gold. Oh, it's not going to be all right. And then the autograph was I was like, oh, I nearly, nearly fell out of bed, I think. <laughs> I, I, I just didn't think it would have been an auto out of 50 for one. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, I was speechless for ages. Again, told my dad, he's like, I still don't understand what you mean. He's just, <laughs> he's, yeah. I've, I've even bought him a John Terry and Frank Lampard, like, dual mag thing. And he just, He's put it in his room. I don't think he's looked at it since. <laughs> That's brilliant. And like I say, moving, like, there's another post as well where they talk about, because we spoke about before about tickets on here. We've had, obviously, Fab over from tickets and slabs. Great items, obviously. Me and Harry have both got PSA slab tickets, which are always good. I know you've got some prepared. I know you recently buy the Mukahala Mudrik first Premier League goal, which was a way to Fulham. Um but tickets, is it going to be one thing that you delve into a bit more? Because I feel like it's still, it's it's here in the UK, but not grown enough yet still that we don't really see that many slabs. All right, don't help that it probably takes six to eight months for it to arrive. But tickets, is that going to be another thing to delve into for you? And I know you've obviously got a lot from your, like going football for years anyway, but... It's... That's all my tickets on there. In the background. Uh, how, so yeah. how were they held on that ball, by the way? By a pin. That's why uh, my Eden Hazard last Chelsea game at home has a pinhole in it, which is this one. There's a nice pinhole there. Just where I was young, I used to stick them all to the bullet board, and now obviously they don't do uh, play for tickets to Chelsea. It's all electronic. Turn it off. I've got Harry Kane England debut first goal pinhole. That was quite. I'm quite excited about that one, even if I hate Harry Kane. That is brutal. Yeah, that's oh, what you're doing. A young age. Oh yeah. Think. At least you was there. <laughs> At least you still got the in. It's not like ripped in half in a shoebox under the stairs <laughs> or wherever you want to keep it. But like I say, obviously that's delved into a bit about you. And obviously when we was talking last week, we was thinking about a talking point for the episode. And I think what a great one. And I've seen it talked about previously on different podcasts and on different forms of Instagram and social media. But underrated like footballing legends or even footballing players within the hobby who just don't get love or credit and we were we were speaking about it before obviously you've got a few names so and we've just we basically what we've done we wind harry up we told him this five minutes before it so we've made him think on the spot so <laughs> not gonna we're gonna be nice and not come to him first but obviously as you're the guest we'll let you go first but it's such a good talking point because there's so many players out there especially i think who played the early 2000s up until like 2010 2012 where obviously the World Cup prison started getting released in 2014, that might not have much cards, or even if they do, it's very limited. So is I think there could be a certain name getting mentioned very soon, or at least mm. a couple down the line. But who have you got starting with on this list for it? Well, he's actually top yeah, on my list, because he's recently retired, and he did break my heart when he retired. He's sitting there, Eden Hazard. I just don't think he gets enough recognition at all. You can go on to uh, like eBay and stuff and pick up, uh, Real Madrid or uh, like 40, 50 quid. But on his day in the Premier, it's just, yeah, he's up there, Messi, Ronaldo. I know that might be deluded, but I just think it was like the stuff he used to do was crazy. Like, he was like my first player that I was like, yeah, that's he's he's the stuff. Mm. Yeah, I think especially from 
a non like Chelsea fan background, Real Madrid fan, obviously because you'd see a lot. I think Hadrian would agree with me on this. But you don't see much of his stuff. So I know obviously he had some autos in more of the recent chronicles. I think it was. I think he had National Treasures auto and then a few other bits. But like I say, it's a good pick that one because it just doesn't have enough stuff um, for such an unbelievably good player, especially the year two years building up to his obviously departure to Real Madrid. What a player he was in the frame. Like there's not many times in the Premier League you were like, oh, don't I wish he was not fit. That, that's how good he was that you hoped he weren't playing. And I think that's one of the best things you have. So, H, would you agree on uh, Mr. Eden Hazard for the list of underrated players, especially within the hobby? Yeah, I think there's, there's, there's a lot of players that you can probably argue that either have a lot of cards that don't get enough recognition or the prices don't necessarily correspond to that um, or they don't have enough cards full stop. And, you know, I guess him retiring recently has probably brought it more to light to a lot of people's attention that actually he probably hasn't got as much as he should do, yet the prices don't reflect that either. So, um, yeah, through gritted teeth, I probably would would probably agree with George on that one. Go on, now let, do you want to? Do you want me to give you a bit more thinking time, or do you want to take the next one? No, I think again, debatable. People may disagree with me, but um, I think Meza Özil is a bit underrated in the hobby. Um, yeah, arguably he has. <laughs> see. Um, he arguably has yeah a lot of autos, a lot of cards, a lot of different variations. But the pricing and how much people collect him, I think, goes underrated. I mean, some of the obsidian autos he's got, impeccable autos. Um, and obviously impeccable is also naturally a higher price point. But some of the obsidian stuff he's got, you can pick him up for like 30, 40 quid. And it's sort of like he was such even for for Real Madrid as well. He was such a good player um, for Arsenal and Real Madrid. And there's just there's not enough recognition around the cards he's got in and his patches, his autos in the hobby. Um again, completely understand he's got a lot of stuff in the hobby. He's got a lot of autos, but um I just don't think it's it's recognized enough. Personally, people may disagree with me because he's got a lot of cards, but um apart from Arsenal fans, you don't really see much of Mesa Urza around in the hobby, I personally don't think. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to extend myself from this conversation because I'm a massive fanboy. So I let George answer this one because I, I might just end up getting my whole PC out live on stream in a minute and show my Ozil cards off. I, I don't think I've seen many Ozil cards, personally, to be fair. Like, I, I probably the old, older stuff that I haven't really sort of really seen much of. Like, I probably wasn't targeted looking at it. But, um, yeah, I really haven't seen much Ozil stuff. So, yeah, i definitely say like, he is just a crazy player on this day. Like, oh, what? I think I think we're on his day, like we say, unbelievable player. What he's achieved in the game is incredible. Obviously, he ended in a bit of a like clouded area. That's why he might not get as much love as he deserves. And I think for me, the next player that I'm going to put forward was a guy that played about twenty odd years in his career. And I think still, I think just what a player is Zlatan Ibrahimovic, like for one of the greatest strikers of all time, in my personal opinion. I think I see more of his rookie stickers for Malmo than I see mm. anything else. All right, you see the odd Ajax sticker here and there, but otherwise he just never had much stuff. Even though he played at the age of forty-two, near enough, still not got much stuff. No, no real autos yet in Panini or Tops. He's not signed for any of them. Even though I could imagine like Tops or Panini coming to him and he'd be like, "No, Tops signs for me. I don't sign for Tops." Like mm-hmm. him being Zlatan. Uh, but you don't like your attempt much. to Swedish accent. Uh, no, well, I can try it, but I'm not. I, if, just in case he's listening to this, like, I'm not doing anything. You know what I mean? Like he. Well, going off your luck, he'll come out and sign next week. Yeah. No, see, this is what I'm yeah. putting it out. I'm putting it out there into the world. Uh, as of recording this, I'm going to guarantee I'm going to go on my phone and tops are going to put a picture out of Slatan with the board. Oh yeah, he's signed. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. Uh, but uh, what? I've, he obviously had a few bits in the MLS when he played for LA Galaxy in Tops MLS. But otherwise, not much. Obviously, he was in Chronicles uh, for AC Milan, but especially for his time at Barcelona, for example, nothing, nothing at all. And I think for such a legend of the game, and I don't think, I think there's not much arguing with him being a legend at all. But George, I think it's just another one. It's crazy how little he had, really. Yeah, it's mental. I can imagine having like a, I, I don't know if he does or not, but like a Swedish kaboom. That, that seems like, have you got one of them? If he hasn't, they should do one. But I think that's such a perfect card for him. Like him doing some sort of mad 
karate fancy kick or something. Yeah, that that would be like the perfect Kaboom card, I think, in that yellow. I was I don't say, think he has got one. I'm just looking at it. I don't think he has. No, I was just say for I was looking into it. Obviously, he played for Man U as well. So I think he was in uh, top the old school stadium club for Man U. Obviously, he played in the MLS, played for Barca, played for PSG, played for Inter ACI. He's played for all the big teams, but because his career started like the turn of the millennium, obviously when cars were not prominent, it's more stickers. It's just such another one to have on the list. And I think we'll go for you, George, for your next name. Because I think it's quite an interesting one because you actually start get thinking. Now I'm thinking of other people. Now we're talking about it. Then mm. it's just so many people could be on the list. I've got one that might be popular among the group, to be honest. Uh, Sass Fabregas. I think his mm. orders, they go for so cheap. Like I was looking, when I was looking into it, like 40 quid you can get in a Fabregas mm. order for, which is it's crazy. Like, I think it was in, even in a Spain kit as well. So like, Chelsea and Arsenal collectors could pick that up, which would be such like a nice thing to pick up. That's not bad. That I, I never, I would never even thought about says Fabregas. Would never, because then you could argue the same with Van Persie as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, the amount of, like, you can you can pick up one of his autos for you know 50, 60 quid. I know he's got a lot of autos with Arsenal, a lot of club legends and Prism and whatever you. But um, yeah, that Fabregas one is nuts. Forty quid for a Fabregas auto. I know obviously there's a lot of sour taste between Arsenal and Chelsea obviously where he went from Arsenal to Chelsea and what have you but um, yeah for a player of his calibre that's that's nuts yeah no I think uh, you don't see much of his stuff as well come up that often that's another one but I think Hage you can take the next one um, because I'm now debating between two people to go for my next one though. no cool and you, you do one of yours I need some more thinking time All right, then I'm going to go for a certain player that destroyed the Premier League and then moved on to greatness in the league. I go Luis Suarez, another striker for the mix. But I was funny enough, the reason why I was watching a compilation earlier of his goals and highlights from Barcelona and then went up watching a bit of Liverpool. I didn't realise how good he was. Obviously, another one, a bit clouded by things that went on during his career. Obviously, don't help when you take a chunk out of Chiellini's shoulder. Don't always help. Or... Uh, doing certain racial slurs all the time, but an unbelievable player. And another one that kind of, his tail end of his career was coming up to the boom of cards. So don't get me wrong, he's still got some of the stuff from World Cup Prisms. Obviously, not much Liverpool stuff in general, which is probably a big shame because I no doubt a lot of Liverpool fans would love to have some of his stuff. And then obviously he had some bits for Barcelona, but another absolute exceptional talented player another player that a bit like Hazard that only when he was in his prime in the Premier League you just knew what was going to happen before the game even started and especially if you was a Norwich fan and he seemed to yeah, get three that's... or four against them every single game but George another one Suarez like what a player and doesn't really get much love I can't remember the last time I see a Suarez card like on Instagram I can't remember it I saw I think I actually saw one yesterday or the day before is a purple top crime uh, 18, no, 17, 18, I think it was. You know, like the OG top scrum stuff. It was a nice 250, that. But like, yeah, Suarez of quality. He made, like, Sturridge look good, which is, like, <laughs> to do that, you've got to be decent. <laughs> like, Sturridge. <laughs> yeah. And I can, I can see, for anyone watching along on the podcast, we can see H's brain <laughs> ticking over. Where he's tr- he's either trying to find a name or try he's scrolling around eBay and he's trying to work out a deal for something. So we'll go over. Oh look, there you go. Look, he's on eBay. Look, look at this. When you do eighty-five episodes, you really get to learn the person sitting underneath you on the camera. No, I'm genuinely trying to find like a, a name that will spring into my head. So let's finish. I think we always Gareth look- Bale. There we go. Oh, that's a good one. Gareth Bale. I know it probably is. Um... What's the word? Uh, like Marmite. What? Imagine that though. They released a Topps Golf and Gareth Bale's like, they're, they're <laughs> hitting the set. Um, but yeah, this year scrolling through and I think obviously he's got, he's got cards in the 2017 Chrome, um, which obviously is also the, the, the big hitter. But again, you don't see a lot of Bale. I know he's got a lot of stuff for Wales. Um, but again, for someone of, of his, his career and what he did at Spurs, kind of arguably the wrong teams talk about on the podcast at the moment. Um, but what he did as Spurs, what he's done at Madrid, what he did obviously for Wales as well, you don't see hardly anything of his in the hobby either. I mean, I, I don't know what you guys think, but... No, I've I think... seen... Um... 
Yeah, I've seen a lot of Southampton always in like Immaculate, I think it is, or Impeccable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen quite a lot of those recently uh, from like the team or and stuff. But uh, yeah, apart from that, it's not much. Yeah, and I think I think it's like with him, uh, you see the odd maybe Tottenham. I think he had an impeccable Sankarava as well. But like I say, base got? Like he's not had that much stuff um, in comparison to other players, and obviously, like especially his time at Real Madrid. Some of the highlights he had there were incredible. I always remember the overhead kick goal against Liverpool in the Champions League final for one of them. It was that one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool card design. Like For people who didn't see that, um, it's a Southampton immaculate autograph. Fantastic idea to have throwback ones like that. Um, But I'm going to put another name forward. And I'm not going to just pick strikers all the time because that's a bit boring. I'm going to go for a right back and then I'm going to go Philip Lahm. Um, oh. just an absolute legend like um, obviously in yet another one it's a bit harder to say under eight because he's not got that much stuff because obviously his career finished a lot before the boom of all the sets but he's got a few cards here and there but not that much and it's just a shame that he doesn't have more um, especially people who grew up watching him just an absolute <laughs> legend you put him anywhere on the pitch and he'll give you an eight <laughs> out of ten um, but I think that's like that era so to speak of players who started like early 2000s and finished like up until 2015 they just don't have much stuff and that's where you then turn your attention to the sticker world a lot and obviously they had Bundesliga football or World Cup World Cup stickers Euro stickers so do you think there's that that gap in between for especially players prior to the big boom obviously the first real set was 2014 World Cup prism obviously there were sets before it dating all the way back but the real boom of having so many hobby sets that it, for a lot of these legends, it is the stickers that you actually see more than the cars themselves. Yeah. If you think about the volume of stuff that comes out like nowadays, it's, it's ridiculous probably compared to like back then you probably only had what, like the match attacks and stuff, like nothing sort of hobby wise when sort of like those sort of players were in their prime and stuff. Like you have the throwback cards, but like they're not sort of the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's, it's like we see that a lot more now. I think the perfect example for anyone who's followed along with uh, Stadium Club Crow, we've seen it a lot with that set where they've reintroduced certain players into it. We've seen David Trezeguet, Zidane, uh, Desai to name it. Like, just a few that we are getting a lot more legend slash the throwback cards. And it's, don't get me wrong, I like it. But then at the same time, I'm not a massive fan of it at the same time. But it's cool to have something available for these players. But then it just shows you how good their rare rookies are like some of them when you see them in a top condition as well nines and tens and they go for the big money it's because of how hard they are to find them conditions i've seen a marco van basten rookie the other day and it was just incredible to look at the the 80s and 90s stickers especially german and italy stickers they are levels above in france as well the designs are incredible they're pieces of art and i know harry you've got a few vengas as well like this but do you think now, as we're looking at back on some of these players and some of the legends, that at one point people have got to realise that these legends have got cards and obviously stickers predate it, that it's obviously we've had the debate, everyone's had it in the hobby of vintage versus modern, pre-modern and everything like that. But some of these rookies have still got to go up in price because you shouldn't be able to pick up like a second year PSA nine of some of these legends for like 30, 40 quid. It's just, just makes no sense to me still. That's, I mean, even like I've got a couple of the Henri stickers sort of like from 1998 to like 2002. Um, Obviously that's probably his first couple of years at Arsenal. Um, You know, raw stickers for, if you can put a pick them up for relatively cheap, but any of these great stickers are high grade. I mean, there's a, I think, is it Mike from Marla Cards? I think he's got Henri 1999 Merlin PSA nine. I think, um, you know, it's a couple hundred quid. You know, when, when these stickers are 24 years old and, you know, they're grading eight, nines, tens. Um, to be sat around in someone's collection for, you know, the same age as me and still be able to grade as a, you know, as a as, a, as that higher grade, um, particularly some of the Venga stuff. You know, we've we got some Venga's grade, didn't we, from the things like 1988. Um, and they're coming out a lot, you know, SGC 7, 7.58, anything, you know, these these prices are surely gonna as the longer time goes on, they are gonna go up in price because they're so they're so niche and you can't find them anymore. Trying to go for go back for eBay and try and find a Venga sticker from you know 
pre-1990. Um, they're so hard to come by, especially from, from an Arsenal perspective. So um, I think it's only a matter of time before vintage prices do probably start to increase. Um, and I think arguably so they should. I mean, some of the stuff you can find, particularly stickers, they're just on another level and they're so, they're so rare as well. And they're such nice. You get more slabbed up. They look incredible. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you the same thing. Obviously, that we've had a debate about vintage, pre-modern, modern, a lot. And I think it's one that will always wager and war away in the background because everyone's going to have their preferences of modern day. I personally collect a lot more modern day than vintage, even though I want to collect more vintage. But how do you sit on the debate? Like, Obviously, I know you do have quite a lot of the modern cards and collecting players that you're watching at the moment. But have you ever thought about delving into the vintage world at all? Probably more so with Henri. Um, he's probably the only one that I've actually gone, you know what, I would quite like to pick up a lot of his earlier stuff from, you know, mid-1990s up until early 2000s where he was at Monaco or Arsenal or Barcelona and some of the stickers he had. Um, I know you were doing it with Bergkamp a little while ago. Um, from you know, each of the years from he was at Arsenal and before and after. So he's probably the only player that I've sort of wanted to go a bit more Again, it's not like we're not talking vintage like nineteen thirties, nineteen forties, but sort of you know early nineteen hundreds and sort of starting to gauge, starting to sort of get a couple of his stickers from each of the years. Um, but that's and obviously again with Wenger, but they're probably the only two that are probably properly gone vintage on. I think would be the correct way of putting it. Yeah, and obviously, Lab, obviously asking you because I know you do collect a lot of modern, especially the guys that you're in your team at the moment. Um, I could insert a very good joke here, but I'm not going to. I'm being very nice to our guest this time. But obviously, have you thought about delving into the vintage world at all um, in your collection? But the thing is, as well, I think when you watch the players every week, you're that bit more determined to collect their stuff. So how have you felt about the vintage situation? Have you ever delved into it or might even have a few pieces? Like, how's it sitting with you? Funny enough, the uh, collect every year of the uh, player, I've done that with Hazard. I've got uh, every... Pretty much every, um, every year that he's played, I've got his uh very very rookie sticker, in slapped up. That's quite a nice one, uh, in an eight. It's all right, but uh, yeah, I that's the only sort of ones I've delved into. I think I've got Benzema sticker from overseas. I just got for cheap. I thought it was quite cool. Might do something with that, but um, yeah, not much really. Just the Hazard stuff mainly. Yeah, I think it's such a especially stickers I think it's like the perfect full circle of everyone started when they was younger and the reason they got into the hobby was the stickers and then you realize that there actually is money in the stickers and they're very cool to collect so it's like that perfect circle of remembering like your childhood I've got it here with some of the cards that I stickers I want to send off for grading and when I started collecting and there's obviously you look at them you think I remember opening these as a kid and I was like trying to get it to stick in and then I'm like then you're like, why did I ever stick any of these things in? They would have been worth so much. But then you, at the end of the day, you come back to realizing, like, yeah, you would never, would have never. I've, I think, I've, what was the other one I said? That was it. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, he's got like a foil rookie sticker from his first man new one. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember having that. So obviously, I scoured my old house hoping to find some duplicates of it that I could slab up and self mine. Could not find them. Probably gave them away in the school playground for absolutely nothing or probably in trade for an Omri, knowing me. Uh, but like I would say, stickers are great fun. They're obviously, very hard to grade. So even like the that eight is a very good condition. Um, especially some of the stickers are very harsh. And you, oh yeah, yeah. Don't, all right, this is going to be in good condition. It's a free. All right, <laughs> don't know how you work that one out. But obviously, moving on to our last one point. Obviously, for anyone who's watching along or listening along, do let us know like what players that you think are underrated and hobby. Which ones you collect as well? Because I've had a conversation with a few people in the comments and via instagram dms that there's been some great people what they collect that i've never thought of so definitely do let us know and obviously our last talking point and obviously i i should take over from this one because women's world cup of course women's world cup which finished all the way back in august has finally got its release set for the don russ and um i got a certain message from a good friend of ours gvw saying the checklist is out hoping that they delayed it by another couple of weeks so the next round of paychecks could go in the account before uh, it comes out. But obviously, hoping with the World Cup, didn't know what they was going to bring. Obviously, we knew national landmarks were going in there. So I'm going to start with national landmarks because it's one <coughs> of the nicest sets in trading cards, in my personal opinion. And for the Women's World Cup, didn't know what they were going to do. 
Do they just do a few selected ones or do they go all in? And they have brought out 15 in the national landmark set. And for for us in, in this call, there's going to be quite a few that we want to collect. But uh, overall, it's as follows. Sam Kerr for Australia, which is obviously going to be a big chase. Caroline for Brazil. Ashley Lawrence, Christine Sinclair, Jesse Fleming for Canada. The two English option is for me and Ari, a massive Leah Williamson to chase. And obviously for Lav, lovely Lauren Jane to collect. And then for G- Germany, you've got Alexandra Pop, Japan, Hanata Misawawa, um, Rosetta Ayan for Morocco, Lika Martins for Netherlands, Jennifer Hermoso for Spain, and then Alex Morgan, Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman. So over to you, Lav, for the first one. There's some impressive names in one of the nicer sets for Panini cars to chase. So, for of you, obviously, we've heard Sam Kerr, we've heard Lauren James, to name a couple, but it's going to be a great one to start seeing them getting pulled and seeing, A, how expensive they're going to be, mm. but B, how nice they're going to be. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what sort of the, uh, the hit rate is on them. Yeah. Because the National Landmarks, they're by far one of the, uh, uh, brought up there, the case hit, in my opinion. Uh, there's not many better, I don't think. And uh, that is a hell of a list. Uh, it's an incredible player, isn't it? So obviously, H, we heard the words for all Arsenal collectors, England collectors, and generically football collectors in mind. Obviously, Leo Williamson, one of the most, I would argue, say the most expensive English player to collect. Um, obviously, captain of the Euro Lionesses winners. But hearing the words Leo Williamson, national landmarks, that's going to be expensive, isn't it? Yeah. I think we know how much uh, first-year women's chrome go for anyway, and they're so hard to come by, um, let alone the arguably the biggest change you could possibly get from, from Don Russ. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be uh, a cheap one to chase, that's for sure. And obviously, with this Don Russ, it's a very different layout uh, in comparison. We still don't know the full information yet, but uh, we'll update you once, obviously, at least. But it's not hobby boxes. It's more blasters this is done by. You've got hobby blasters, then retail blasters. Uh, Auto falls, I think, one in every two hobby blasters, which is going to be very intriguing. But there is some very, very nice chase cards within this set. Obviously, when we read into it a lot more, there's 22 different autographs. So there's not actually a terrible amount of autos to be chasing. So it's not really going to be the chase on the autos, even though there's some really, really nice ones there. But... The actual base set itself is 200 cards. And the thing to remember, and the one thing I do stress a lot with this set is there's going to be a ton of rookie cards in this set. You've got to think that even if you exclude what cards they've had in Tops products before, apart from the Adrenaline XL and a few little women's World Cup releases, none of these players have had cards before. And you've got a 200-card base set. There's going to be tons of rookies. And even I was doing a quick look through it. A lot of them don't even have Chrome either. So, Lav, it's going to be quite similar to that first-year women's Chrome that a lot of these cards are going to have the rookie logo on them to chase. And also, it could be going to be interesting as the first proper Panini release where they've actually showed that the only team they do actually care about is not the US women's national team and the rest of the world does still exist. Yeah, having a look through that list, there's a hell of a lot of players on there. It's like... Yeah, it's very varied. It's not just like like one team heavy, like we just said. It's very, very spread out. Uh, I mean, you, you probably will have a more, a few more for the US, but in sort of like general, it is pretty good. Yeah, I, I think that's what I noticed straight away was there is a very good mix of teams and play. They've done very well in the selection of players. And I think for people listening along to this, obviously the main teams that they'd be interested in are obviously home nations, but mainly England, of course. I'm going to run through the England checklist very quickly so people can hear it. So this is the base one. So we've got Alicia Russo, Rachel Daly, Ella Toon, Kira Walsh, Lauren Hemp, Leo Williamson, obviously, who didn't make the World Cup, but still in the set. Mary Earps. Just that set alone, you've got some of the biggest names in women's football. Um, H, it's going to be... It's a shame that it's such a long wait after the World Cup final that we've got this set. Obviously, the hype would have been unbelievable if this set come out just before the World Cup final before obviously England lost to Spain in it, but it's great to finally have it. And also there's going to be some good chase cards in there for women's collectors in general. Yeah, definitely. I think we, you know, we saw how much of a success success it was after the men's uh, men's world cup. Um, so, you know, I'm sure it's me exactly the same with women's world cup as well. I just say, obviously side disappointing the length of time it's taken for it to come out and how long after women's world cup it is. Um, but I mean, yeah, you look at that checklist and I don't think anybody can argue and, 
how hopefully successful the race is going to be. Um, you know, it's a massive checklist and some really big cards in there that are going to be some some massive chases, you know. Um, just looking for the national landmarks. I mean, you know, you've got Sam Kerr, Leah Williamson, Lauren James, Alex Morgan, just to name a few. So, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be a, be a good release for sure. And obviously, Lab, for you, obviously, you've been ch- you've, well, I've been attempting to hit things in Chelsea break. So, for you, obviously, there's this enough of debate that rages on as well of national versus club teams. Are you going to be as interested in it because it's obviously national, or are you going to try and hold five like Sapphire and Chrome and other women's sets that come out, obviously, in the Chelsea colours instead? Um, I'm probably going to play it by ear, see how it goes, sort of see what comes out of it, I think. And then maybe go sort of probably end up going head diving in. And uh, yeah, yeah. I- I was going to say, I'm definitely going to be blaming you when you mention, oh, I'm in this break. Can you enter it as well? No, I don't want to enter it. All right, I'll enter it. That's what's going to happen. Or vice versa. Yeah, it's definitely not going to be a no. Yeah. Uh, uh, Any excuse. All right, then, any excuse. But like we say, I think there's going to be three parallels per hobby blaster on average. We're to believe like an orange parallel and then two numbered ones. But until they start rolling out the door, we're really going to get a lot more sense of that set. So, Obviously, we're looking forward to that one. It should be out within the next two weeks. We haven't got a concrete date from Panini yet, but we're expecting the tail end of this week, if not the beginning of next week. And obviously, our final segment, which we haven't done for a couple of weeks, and we love doing it when a guest is on, obviously, recent pickups or cards that we're looking at, as H looks like he's going to fall asleep. So we're going to start with him, just in case he wants an early night. Where For actual reference, it actually is quarter past 11 at night when we're recording this, so it's a US time for an English show. But H, have you picked up anything recently or thinking about picking up anything because i think we've got to make it a bit broader at the moment yeah i've not actually picked anything up recently um i know obviously london is now only a month away um so a little bit of attention has turned to that um there's been a couple of cards recently i've had my eye on i know um i saw a Erdegaard purple flood um which took me took my fancy a little bit um but it turns out you wanted to keep it and send it off to PSA. So I was like, you know what? Well, yeah, I don't blame you. Fair enough. Um, literally, before we start recording, there was that uh, Road to Shore also from Sidecards. That was like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool, to be fair. Um, found that on eBay. But as I said, I think I've seen a couple more Ben White cards. I do want to pick up one of the Ben White uh, redemptions that have finally been fulfilled. Um, that There we go. Ronnie's going to do lovely uh display um so yeah i'd like to pick up ben white auto i really i'm hoping that the ben white and ramsdale jewel order is going to be fulfilled soon um because that i would love to get my hands on one of those um which i think if you i think if we go back to the episode where it was first checks was first released i think i said that would be the chase card that i wanted to get so um yeah hopefully if they're if they're released soon fulfilled soon then i'll try and get my hands on one of those but um yeah i think that's been pretty much my non-eventful pickup segment yeah, and I've, I've got, a, there's a certain person in this, well, actually I'm as bad as he is now, but um, I'm picking up quite a few bits on a certain website that we fair to mention at the moment still, but obviously certain part of the country that everyone knows what we're talking about. So Lav, obviously going after Enzo and Mudrick, but have you been picking up much recently or is it picking too much up that you've got to go on the website to remember what you picked up? I did have to go onto the website. I saw an unpaid order, so I've just ah. paid that. So that just shows uh, what sort of uh, stuff I'm doing there. But um, a lot of, yeah, a lot of Enzo. Uh, I tried the, the tops now set that came up over pre-season. I've got, I, pre- I think I've got all of them now. out of 99 of the uh, Chelsea pre-season ones. Um, and then just, it's just random stuff. Just young rookies, like the Marrera Jr. for Chelsea. Uh, some Musiala. It's so varied. Uh, and a lot. The Enzo Golazos are going for, uh, going for like as many as those and then grade them all. Reese James, Mudrick, Madawake, Madawake. Yes. The the, uh, app is very addictive. Yeah, I definitely can agree with you on that one. I think uh, everyone who's used the website enough has bought a card that they don't really want, but it's such a good price that you've had to buy it. I think I definitely had cards I don't want. I was going to say, like, when that does eventually end up shipping over that one, are we expecting a whole Airbus A380 just for your parcel yeah. at the moment? Like a, a massive crate, like a, a shipping container, I think. <laughs> Can't do that this week. So, like, as you say, H, this is the like, territory. I'm having to bring guests on now to supplement your buy-in. 
So we need to get you back. I know you're using I know, the mate. London Car Show excuse, but we need to at least pick up, even if it's a base card from Match Attacks or something, please bring something to the party next from time. Match Attacks. <laughs> we'll go out and buy a pack in a shop and hopefully hit an Arsenal card then bring that along. But yeah. uh, from my perspective, I bought a few cards, but I got very, very lucky in a break this week, which was my highlight of the last, oh, yeah. well, pretty much the highlight of my breaking career. I entered a 3K Sapphire women's break with TFF. Um, Lucky enough, I was, it was a very weird situation. I was literally eating dinner, having no intention of buying into this break. And a certain GBW messaged me. Mm. He was like, um, 50% off Stina Blackstenius and Viviana Miedema. And I'm like, oh, that's quite interesting. So I think she was originally £102. Um, and then 50% off went down to 51 And I was like, oh, that's very tempting. I probably won't hit nothing. And I was like, oh, oh sod it. I, I, I thought, sod it, I'll do it. My last break in a month. And then halfway through the break, a red parallel comes out. And then you see it's for Sapphire Selection. So that is two per case. It's a short print. And then as he slid down, I've seen, I've noticed her hair and I've gone, oh my God, it's who I think. And funny enough, me, lab, GBW at the time, <laughs> trade as well. We're actually in a Discord call as well. And we've just heard, we've heard where you go, oh, that's red. And then next thing you do, I think my mic, I think they hot the mu- mute notification for my one and I just lost <laughs> it, didn't know what to do. And then lucky enough, after hitting the red to five, I hit the orange to 25 as well. So that was the highlight of my um, week, which I can't, hopefully for next week's episode, I have it in hand. I think it's getting shipped out tomorrow, which has been fantastic. But like I say, it's been another great episode. And obviously, Lav, thank you for making your debut on the uh, Top Loaded podcast. Um, no doubt, uh, you can take a week off from listening to this one. Obviously, reset yourself, and you can come back next week yep. where we're joined by a certain fellow who goes by free initials. I'll see GBW, which is fantastic. The man who fakes his match tax backs. Oh, there we go. It's out there. We 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 will be asking. Wow. We'll be Ooh. asking him that question. Um, and next... tins, don't forget the tins. Yeah, we're definitely going to be mentioning that. But like I say, thank you ever so much for joining us, and no doubt you're always welcome to come on. Unless Saturday half five goes a certain way, then we'll give it a good six months until you replay you at the Emirates and then a further six months over that potentially. But thank you for joining us. Good luck with the collecting. Hopefully you finally hit something in women's products, but thank you Fingers for crossed. joining us. It's been a pleasure and thank you for having me on. Absolute pleasure. And obviously, H, another, are you uh, got any international breaks planned or anything that we need to <laughs> draft in Mr. El Toro again? Or are you back mm. for... You're back on a short-term contract until the next international break. That is me done until next year now, lads. So I'll, I'll be, I'm back for the foreseeable, unfortunately. So no, unlucky for all... Yeah. So, this never know. I had emergency know, loans. But... I, I had emergency loans literally ready to go. I was going to pull... <laughs> I was giving, I'm giving this fella a contract over here. Who's going to get one? But now... As, we... as far as I'm aware, I've got no contracts until next year. So I should be okay. So sadly to any viewers or listeners... If you don't want to hear H, we will update you when he's not on another episode so you can tune back into the Top Loaded Podcast. But like I say, it's been another fantastic episode. Obviously, episode 85 of the Top Loaded Podcast. Next week, we will be joined by the one and only official GBW. Uh, but until next time, make sure you do head over to Third Down Displays. Use TTP10 for 10% off all of your card supplies, card care, and custom stands. But most importantly, I hope everyone out there is buying, selling, trading, and all that good jazz. And most importantly, happy hobbying. And good night.